You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad to have you back today. If you are uh, one of our listeners who is north of the border, hope you had a great Victoria Day long weekend. Uh, If you are a south of the border listener in the U.S., well, then I wish you an early happy Memorial Day weekend. Everybody's just going to have summer officially underway before uh, before uh, we meet again next Tuesday. Um, welcome back to the show. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host of the show and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. Uh, and I'm happy to say that I've got the full crew, the gang is back together today wow mr ricks there you hear him he just he's he's excited he's ready to go he's back it's been a few weeks since you've been here uh rick stevens uh our president and founder here at rocket sports he is back uh in the studio with us welcome back sir even tamo solani Solani. yeah Yeah. i'm glad to be here that's we're glad to have you back as well and of course each and every week as you know in this uh in this summertime off season uh, the hot stove gets kind of an extended look and we are very happy to say that because of that that means patrick williams is with us for the entire show again <laughs> the angels are back <laughs> the angels are back uh welcome patrick glad to have you here again thank you i think the angels uh, should sing for rick as well with his return Wow. Wow. (laughs) This episode has been well anointed. (laughs) Good omens. Uh, Very glad to have you both uh, here today. Um, It's uh, it's going to be a fun show today. We're going to we're going to take a look at kind of the highs and lows of the Calder Cup playoffs in two very specific ways this week. In our first segment, we're going to set up the Eastern Conference final, which is going to be uh, an his- a bit of an historic uh, series. Hershey Bears versus the Rochester Americans, probably going to be a very tough-fought uh, series and happens to be uh, two of the AHL, the, the AHL's two oldest uh, teams and franchises. So we're going to take you through... Uh, the significance of the series, uh, take a look at what Hershey's done to get to this point, what Rochester has done and is doing uh, to get uh, to get where they're at. And then in the second segment, uh, the downside of the Calder Cup playoff, 
playoffs, of course, is uh, teams that have find themselves out of it uh, and no longer playing, one of which is the Toronto Marlies uh, and one of the first teams to, to see their uh, coaching staff already exit the building as well. Uh, so we're going to chat in the second segment just a little bit about uh, what happened to the Marlies this season, They who, who were dominating the North Division for such a long time uh, and uh, kind of where they go from here. So Let's uh, let's start with um, Hershey versus Rochester. Now, Patrick, you're the Rick likes to call you the AHL guru. So that means yeah, you're, yes, you're sure. you're the you're our also our resident AHL historian. Uh, so this this is the league's two oldest franchises, correct? Currently playing. Correct. Yeah, the Hershey Bears. They go back to the 1930s. Uh, they were kind of in a variety of leagues um, at the start of their, their time. And um, I don't know if fans know this story, but their original name was the Hershey bars. Um, <laughs> as in chocolate. chocolate. Oh, nice. Um, oh, I like that. At one point it was deemed too commercial. Um, <laughs> so they added the really? E to become the bears. Um, oh, that's funny. And, uh, yeah. So it was uh Oh, I like they, the they Hershey bars. Playing. Yeah, it makes sense. And then uh, they, they started playing in the old Hershey Park Arena, which is still standing. In fact, the Bears just practiced there yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came in kind of, uh, you know, 1938 was, uh, you know, right around when the, the AHL started, or at least the predecessor of what became the AHL. And so that's the first team. And then the second team there is the Emmerts. Uh, 1956, they came in. Wow. Uh, so two, two, two franchises with a ton of history. Um, Hershey's uh, the seventh oldest team other than the original six teams still playing. Um, and for that matter, so are the Amherst. Wow. They would be the eighth oldest. So you're talking some serious history. And the Amherst with the best jerseys in, in the AHL? Yes. <laughs> My opinion. <laughs> um, the classic uh, really hasn't changed. Hasn't changed much really uh, since uh, going back, I think, to the 70s. Wow. They modernized them a little bit back then. But uh, yeah, it's uh, two proud uh, franchises, uh, great markets that have long supported their clubs. And, you know, I think especially like Hershey's had some success, but like I think for Rochester, this has been big the last couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. This resurgence, you know, with. With the Buffalo Sabres really rebuilding and, and putting top tier prospects in there, yeah, um, that's been a market that had suffered for a long time, and now they're kind of getting their uh, they're getting their moment in the sun, and that market's really come back to life, uh, you know, with this success. Now this series kicks off uh, tonight, actually Tuesday night um, in Hershey. They'll play two games in Hershey to start things off. Uh, we finally. We have finally arrived at best of seven series in the Calder <laughs> Cup playoffs. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Thank, yes, there you go. I like it. Um, but the interesting thing is, Patrick, I think you mentioned, um, despite the lengthy history uh, of both of these teams, this is only the eighth time that they've met in the Calder Cup playoffs? Only the eighth oh. time. Um, That's crazy. And, uh, only the first time since 2000, right? So, wow, um, 23 year, year gap. Um, it is kind of amazing, right? You know, because you know, especially when you think 
for a good portion of both teams' tenures in the league, like really up until the you know eighties and nineties, like it was a small league. Um, at one point in the mid seventies, the league got down to six teams. Mm. So you would have thought, you know, over the years, they yeah, had more playoff meetings, but uh, but they haven't, and, and even now, like they're not in the same division, so they only play twice a year, uh, which I I would love to see them play more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, especially since the markets aren't even that far apart; they're only about more than four hours apart yeah. so you're not talking you know huge difference uh, geographically but um yeah it's uh it's good to see them back i think like this is a this is a matchup that uh, really really works out well um for the ahl too right like this is this could go the distance great, yeah um two great fan bases you got teams with prospects you got good vets on both sides um, you got charismatic head coaches, like you kind of have a little bit of everything. Um, so uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think this, this one should definitely go, this should, this should go far, you know, like, you know, uh, I think especially with Rochester kind of being the, uh, the team that got up off the map, right? Like they were facing elimination down 2-0 in the, uh, their series against Syracuse, came back 1-3 in a row, um, swept Toronto and, they come in here on a in a, a sixteen winning streak. Um, so, two hot teams, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Now, Hershey has not yet faced, and Hershey has dominated uh, each of their opponents so far in the playoffs. They haven't even faced elimination yet. In fact, Rick, I think you you had talked about the, they've played seven games. They've only how many goals against in those seven games in this postseason? Twelve. Twelve. Um... 12 goals against in, in seven games, which is pretty remarkable. And, and uh, a credit to Hunter Shepard, who's been manning as a six and one record, just giving up 12 uh, goals in those seven games. So let's kind of start on the Hershey side of things, not only in the postseason, but in the regular season as well. Hershey was pretty dominant. What are, what are the, what are the factors that really make up the strength of, of this bears team, Patrick? They, they, for number one, they, they can roll four lines, like, and not a lot of AHL teams can do that. Well, where you can run four legit qualified, consistent lines, right? Like a lot of teams can run two. Some of the better ones can run three. Very few can run four and do so consistently. Hershey, first and foremost, that's what Hershey can do. Number two is they just wear you down. There's a ton of size on that team. Mm. Um, their forecheck is, is, is excellent. It really disrupts a lot of teams. It, it pins them in uh, their zone. It's uh, Hershey. They just know how to uh, close on pucks constantly. Um, it, you know, I said in, in the Hartford series, you just don't get a moment's peace playing against them, right? Like there's, <laughs> there's not that, that, you know, even that second or two where maybe you, you, you can look up and ha- have a moment to kind of figure out what you want to do next with the puck, right? Like you're just, somebody always, in your face, on you, um, you know, they finish all their checks. I mean, they, they play just a real um, meat and potatoes type of game. Um, they work for their goals. I guess if there's maybe one thing about them that would concern me, that would be it is this when you have to work that hard sometimes for goals, um, you do run the risk maybe of, uh, you know, running into a hot goalie like a Malcolm Subban has been at times. Mm-hmm. But I think um, um, they're obviously solid in that uh, you know, in their own regard, like Rick said, with Shepard. And um, 
solid back end. They've had some injury issues. Aaron Ness and Mike Scarbosa has been out. Uh, so that's, that's been tough for them, but uh, they really haven't uh, skipped a beat. They, they got a good scare in them um, in the, that first round or second round, depending on how you want to clarify it against Charlotte, where they, they went up to 2-0 in that series, came back home. It looked like it's going to be a sweep, kind of an easy, uh, you know, easy go of it. Um, Charlotte was not ready to home. Charlotte took game, game three. Uh, they came out, took a 2-0 uh, lead in game four. Uh, really had Hershey, you know, pretty nervous at that point, right? Um, you know, in a situation where then you're facing a potential game five and a best of five, right? You know, so uh, Hershey did manage to pull that one out, and then they uh, they really haven't slowed down since. The, they ran over Hartford, a team that was coming in on their own hot streak. <laughs> they had no problems with Hartford, and uh, this will be, I think, a clash of styles, right? Like you have the the, the amateur that, that that you know up tempo, um, they push the play nonstop, right? Like they ton of skill, ton of talent, and then you have a team like Hershey that, that likes to play that more sort of down low grinding game. So uh, I think what it will come down to really is which team can impose its style first, um, more effectively, and, and and more consistently. And I think if uh, Whoever can do that uh, is a team that should come out on top of the series. Just wonder if I can ask if about special teams and yeah. what kind of a factor mm. uh, that will be in this series. It's fascinating to me that you mentioned um, Hershey plays physically, plays a grinding game, plays an in-your-face game, but they've only taken 52 penalty minutes yeah. in their 70 games, uh, seven games. Um, very disciplined. Um, yes. And... Um, Rochester's played one more game, but have 37 more penalty minutes. Um, so how do you think special teams are going to factor into this series? Yeah, the Bears are very dis- – yeah, they, they, they play a physical hard game, but, yeah, there's not a whole lot of nonsense in their game. Like, they just – they go out, they, they finish their checks, they, they do what they have to do, but they don't tend to get sucked into that, you know, that type of thing. Um, Rochester's power play has been deadly. Like, I mean, they were, what, I believe, 7 for 12 – against Toronto in that series. Um, and when that Rochester team gets going, um, they can be really tough to stop. Um, I do think, though, that uh, Hershey's obviously going to be quite aware of that and is, is a team very, as, as, as you said, very capable of, of staying out of the penalty box. And really, you know, obviously, the best best penalty kill is to not get into penalty trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hershey has that going for them so i think if they can you know keep up what they're doing with that uh, then they should be okay and i I don't think rochester will draw them into a ton of penalties anyway um but i think that's that skill and that speed uh for rochester is a potential um thing to watch now hershey you know for all their size they do have decent speed um i would say even above average speed but uh you know rochester's kind of on another gear altogether yeah well, speaking of Rochester, you mentioned that, you know, Rochester has had uh, has seen some some real success in the last couple of years because of the rebuild that Buffalo is doing and, and what the Sabres are doing to to get top prospects coming up through the organization. Um, and this Rochester roster in particular has been really reaping the rewards. We'll start with the the. In, especially in terms of first rounders, uh, we'll talk. Uh, start with the first rounder from the 2022 draft, 
who has already been in the lineup and has been making an impact. Uh, what has Yuri Coolidge meant to the Rochester Americans so far in this postseason? Oh my gosh. Like, so he went 28th last year in the draft. I bet you, if you did a redraft this year, he's going top 10. Um, he has been phenomenal. Like he just turned 19 um, in April. And I mean, he's playing like he's been in the HL for, for 10 years. Like he's dynamic. I mean, mm. and for, really for the first half of the season, kind of like he was part of the play with Rochester. Now he drives the play. That's the biggest mm. difference. Really. Like he has the ability now to take over games. Um, and when he gets going, um, well, we saw Rochester or Toronto clearly had no answer for him. Um, <laughs> it will be interesting. I think to see him up against Hershey, like you did Dylan McElrath, those kind of guys, like, you know, that can really, um, they can control a game, right? Like they, and they will, they will hit you and, 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 and wear you down. Uh, I'll be interested to see how Coolidge uh, handles that. I think it's a good challenge for him. I think this is a perfect example of what you want your prospects to face in the quarter cup playoffs and that why that, why it's such an effective uh, barometer for uh, player development. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has been, he has been fantastic. And it's in- interesting. So he was injured to start the playoffs. Uh, the Amherst had him watch the first two games um, just to get a sense of what playoff hockey is like over here. And they also had him watch the, uh, the Le- Leafs uh, lightning series. They wanted to see that. Trying to see what that standard is, like almost compare and contrast the two standards at the AHL level and the and the NHL level, and then they wanted him to try to play at the NHL level, and uh, he clearly uh, he clearly took that message to heart. Yeah, he's a really like really receptive young kid, uh, good head on his shoulders, uh, really seems to absorb what they're teaching him. Uh, his English has gotten a lot better. Um, early in the year, like they were still using the Google Translate um, app you know, for team meetings to help him through things. Uh, now it seems like uh, he's, he's able to, to follow things along much better. Um, he's doing interviews. He's, hmm. yeah, he's a, a pretty, he's a, he's a real self-starter. And I think that's really impressive. Like he's, he's a motivated kid. Like he came over and like, he really, he bought into what they're trying to do with him and, and, and embraced um, the opportunity. I think it's that now you've really seen a payoff for him here, especially he was he was solid, uh, you know. I'd say up until February, and then he just it's like he found another level around March, and just really hasn't slowed down ever since. And a big part of that Rochester power play that you were talking about. Yes, a huge part. Yes, absolutely. So now you've got Yuri Kulich uh, in the pocket, but now uh, with uh, the WHL uh, championship ending. Uh, Buffalo, uh, you know, I'm sure Matt Savoy wasn't too pleased with, uh, not making it to the Memorial cup, but here you have another 2022 first rounder that Buffalo now has available. And they, this week, uh, have now reassigned him to Rochester. So could we see Matt Savoy and Yuri Coolidge both in the lineup at the same time in this series? Yeah, it's funny. So Seth Afford, the head coach in Rochester, is I thought, you know, and you know, it's playoffs, so you totally understand. He's probably played a little bit coy in terms of uh timeline. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, well, we want to get acclimated, you know, he's had a lot of travel, you know, the last, you know, few days coming in from 
Seattle uh, by way of Winnipeg and, and, and come to Rochester and then busing down to Hershey. And, um, you know, so we're just going to let them get, get acquainted with things uh, first. Right. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's going to last very long. I think, <laughs> uh, that's going to be a matter of, okay, we have to stitch up a Jersey for him and uh, you know, get his gear uh, ready to go and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, he may not play game one, maybe, um, but I would say by game two for sure. And, um, yeah, he's uh, ninth overall pick, right? So, like, you know, just so he's one of three recent first rounders in the lineup, uh, along with Coolidge and uh, Isak Rosine. Uh, so, that, uh, you know, like Buffalo fans have suffered for a long time. <laughs> I think we all know that. Um, but the payoff is coming. Right? Like they already sent up uh, Paterka, they sent up Quinn, they sent up Krebs uh, from last year's Amherst playoff team. And now you're seeing the kind of this next crew uh, start to come through. And like Savoy was, you know, dominant in the eight, in, in, in WHL, I should say, tied for six in scoring uh, during the regular season, second, uh, tied for second in playoff scoring, had uh, 29 points, and I believe it was 18 games. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see him take this challenge on. Yeah. He seems, uh, seems like he's ready to go. Right. So it won't even totally surprise me if he plays game one. I well, think when push comes to shove, you want to put him in there and get him, get in this experience as soon as possible. Well, and he was playing at a pretty high level, as you said, that point total 29 yeah. points, but playing with, uh, Connor McLennan and, and Zach at uh, the dynamic Zach Benson, mm-hmm. uh, draft eligible Zach Benson. So, um, he, his motors uh, on high uh, coming into yeah. this uh, series already. Absolutely, and you know who doesn't like to see first round draft picks playing in the AHL? I, I think it's just going to add one more level of excitement to to this series, which kicks off tonight, Tuesday, uh, seven p.m. Um, I think this is going to be a good series. I think people, yeah, for if, sure, if you can tune in, I highly recommend you do so. Um, All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors uh, over at DraftKings and Raycon Audio, who have a special incentive for our press-owned listeners this month. When we come back on the other side, uh, we're going to wrap up our AHL hot stove for this week, talking a little bit about uh, the Toronto Marlies' demise uh, and the quick exit of the bulk of their coaching staff uh, not soon after they were eliminated from the Calder Cup playoffs and what that means for the future of the Marlies. Uh, so you don't want to miss any of that. We'll have Patrick and Rick still with us in the studio for that. So stay with us. You are listening to the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Think you know who's going to win between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Florida Panthers? Or maybe you're feeling a certain way about how Vegas or Seattle is going to do. Whatever your choice is, go to DraftKings Sportsbook and make your bets before round two begins. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. 
In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Let's face it, with coffee starting at 5 bucks, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on? Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Now, why would you want to spend a little bit less on earbuds? Well, because let's face it, getting good quality earbuds or headphones can sometimes really break the bank. And to find a product that has premium quality audio with tons of features at a really reasonable price is kind of one of those leprechauns that you want to take advantage of. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. And they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. And I have to say, I'm one of them. I am a Raycon user. I have a pair of the Everyday Earbuds, and they're just phenomenal. They are so comfortable. There are lots of different custom gel tips, so you get a perfect, really comfortable in-ear fit. Uh, really good um, noise isolation. There's an awareness mode, so you can let some, some outside noise seep in if you want to be aware of what's going on around you. Customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, you name it, these earbuds have it. So, what to do now? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today and get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And welcome back to the Press Zone Podcast here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and an affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, I'm your host of the show. My name is Amy Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Flyers Roll. Rick Stevens is here with us this week, which we are very pleased to be able to say. You can find him at Rocket Sports on Twitter. And of course, Patrick Williams. Still here with us uh, this week as well. You can find him at P Williams AHL. Uh, also, would say if you'd like to follow uh, the AHL report, do that on Twitter at the AHL report. 
And just make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Tap that subscribe button, hit the share button, and share this episode on your favorite social media platform. Uh, Lots of great information coming for you all summer long and all season long. We don't want you to miss a single episode. Uh, So, um, you know, Habs fans, I think, were, were definitely watching to see once the once the Toronto Maple Leafs got past the first round and broke that curse i think they i think Habs fans were probably watching that series pretty closely to see hmm how far will their luck go <laughs> and it didn't go very far <laughs> um on the AHL side of things though um you know the Toronto Marlies just were barnstormers at the beginning of the season i mean they they had what didn't at one point they had at least a 20 point gap uh, behind anybody else behind them in the North division. I mean, they totally dominated the North division in the first half of the season. Uh, and then they really, it was a good thing that they had that buffer because they really kind of fell off track in the second half of the regular season, but thankfully had built up enough um, space between them and, and Rochester and Syracuse and Utica beh- right behind them uh, that they still, of course, managed to take the North Division championship, uh, or, or at least for the regular season. Um, then they come to the playoffs, and it was difficult for them to get past that division semifinal round. Uh, and then, uh, Patrick, as you mentioned, Rochester came in and just swept the rug right out from underneath of them in the in the division final. Um, what happened to the Toronto Marlies this season? Yeah, this was one you could you could feel coming for probably a good solid two to three months, right? Like the Marlies, like you mentioned, had a really strong first half, and then they got hit hard by those trades that the Leafs made at the deadline. They lost Adam Gaudet mm. uh, for starters. Uh, uh, Kel Abramoff, um, you know, they just sort of one thing after another after another. Um, they they had some call up issues as well. Bobby McMahon got hurt, so you know you add up all those different factors. Um, I was honestly surprised they got past Utica in that series, um, but they ran into a you know locomotive called the Rochester Americans, <laughs> and uh, you know that was a, a sweep and that might be generous for the Amherst or for the Marlies. They just, they were never really in that series. Like Rochester dominated pretty much start to finish. And um, it was just, I just always found the Marlies, like they just look very sort of disconnected a lot of the time. And yeah, just, yeah, I, I never felt that they had um, control of their own game, let alone the ability to sort of impose that game on somebody else. Um, and, uh, sure enough, that was exposed, uh, completely, uh, by Rochester. Rick, were you surprised? Uh, I mean, the, the Kyle Dubas press conference and then the subsequent Brennan Shanahan news of, of how quickly the Leafs kind of turned, turned the tables and decided that, uh, they were going to part ways with, with Kyle Dubas. Uh, were you surprised at all that pretty much the same day it also, they decided to to axe all, all but the goaltending coach in in the in the Marlies organization as well. Well, it was interesting given that the NHL uh, coach coaching staff uh, for the most part was was spared. So um, this seems like it was coming anyways, and Probably, they just yeah. they just tacked it on to the the Kyle Dubas news. That's right. 
So, Patrick, in terms of the coaching staff for the Marlies, um, who did they lose? And and really, you know, what what does the future for the Toronto Marlies look like this summer? Well, they lost uh, Greg Moore, who is the successor to Sheldon Keefe, um, who had obviously had a uh, very successful tenure with the Marlies before promote his promotion to the Leafs. Moore came in midway through that 2019-20 season. Um, we all know what happened to that season. Um, then he had that following year with the, the pandemic season, the, the very abbreviated year. So last year was sort of his first semi-normal season. And then this year, um, he's so he's out. And then you have A.J. McLean and you have John Snowden, who was at one point kind of a real up-and-coming ECHL coach. Um, so those two are out. And like like Rick said, you know, uh, goaltending coach Hannah Toivonen was spared. Uh, but it's going to be, other than that, uh, essentially a whole new crew coming into the Marlies uh, next season. And I think just it, it opens up a ton of questions because we don't really know what the direction of the Leafs is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have a general manager at this point. Obviously, we've all heard about the upheaval with, uh, you know, the power struggle with Brendan Shanahan. And who knows how many, uh, you know, employees that are, Loyal to Dubas may or may not stay. And so um, obviously there's going to be a trickle down effect um, on the Marlies. And, and, and given the fact that the Leafs have so much to determine, the, a lot of the Marley stuff uh, may well get pushed back um, you know, quite a bit. So um, I think, yeah, it's a real, it's a real time of uncertainty around that entire operation, really at the NHL, NHL levels. And, um, just a real good example of, of you know, how um, upheaval at the uh, NHL level can make its way right down to the HL level. That's yeah. what happened with the Marlies. Absolutely. It, um, is this the first AHL coaching vacancy or is there another one? Uh, there's been a few. Uh, Grand Rapids uh, made a change. They haven't filled that spot yet. Henderson made one. They haven't filled that um in Belleville David Bell um lost the interim tag and uh, is now the permanent coach there right okay um San Diego Roy Sommer uh retired and uh Matt McElvain came over from Europe uh to take that job and then the last one is Iowa Tim Army um was not uh, retained after the season so um so there's, there's uh there's four spots right now yeah um, who knows how many more will happen depending on what shapes out with the NHL, you know, in those positions, uh, you know, Todd Nelson and Hershey's, uh, been mentioned as a candidate for Washington. So that could potentially go somewhere. And yeah, so I think, um, um, I won't be surprised to see a few more spots open up in the AHL as well. So, uh, you know, if you're a aspiring AHL head coach, get your resume together. <laughs> Is the season uh, for, you know, the exciting parts, but also the the massive changes that can take place when things don't go well either. Um, all right. Well, um, both of you, thank you very much for being here today. It was nice to have all three of us back together again. Um, hope to do this. Hope to do this again uh, very soon. And uh, it's it's been great um, still being able to uh, bring even though Laval their their playoff uh, stint was very very short and sweet. Uh, we're still able, uh, thanks to uh, contributions, uh, able to bring you some great information and insight on the Calder Cup playoffs. So thank you both for being here today. Thank you. 
Thank you. Uh, that means that next week we will have uh, a terrific update for you as far as how this series is going, Rochester versus Hershey, as well as the uh, Western Conference uh, final, which is going to pit the Coachella Valley Firebirds against the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, and so we'll have an update on all of that next week. Uh, those of you who will be celebrating Memorial Day this weekend, once again, enjoy your long weekend. And to all of you uh, out there, just enjoy the week. Enjoy both NHL and AHL playoff hockey and even the Worlds if you're watching, if you're paying attention, rooting for your country. And uh, we'll see you back here again next week for another exciting episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.